Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Good Sunday evening. We decided to move the pot up a little bit here for Dunked On. Hollinger Duncan is going to be tomorrow. John and I had to push that back a day, but fortunately, we are able to move this podcast up. It does feel a bit odd to be engaging in the relative frivolity of this podcast right now, I I guess, Danny. But uh, I don't know. How, how do you feel about that? I, I think that there are, there are people who are speaking more intelligently and more personally on on what is what is going on and what is affecting people and i i encourage everybody whoever whoever that is i've shared a few of the things that have really affected me over the last couple days there um but if you want if if some people want and totally deserve an escape want something separate from that and i think we can provide that and we can provide that as well yeah, I would encourage uh, many of you, uh, I mean, I'm aware of what the demographics of this show are, and I would imagine that this is not new ground uh, for many of you, but I would encourage people to read Marcus Thompson's piece uh, on The Athletic uh, from Thursday. I thought that was a piece that I particularly enjoyed in reminding me again of the struggle that people of color have had to go through in this country, particularly with respect to, to the police. And I would also urge you as well to contribute to uh, a charity that you think is important, NAACP Legal Defense Fund. But we are going to do our jobs and hopefully give you some entertainment and a break from the weightier matters of the moment. And the topic that we're going to look at today, this is one that was also a loser in our listener topic bracket, but that I really wanted to do. I was sad that it lost. This is the on-court moments that changed history this century in the NBA. So as you went back to think about it, what types of of moments were you looking for a a couple of different things so first of all being on court that eliminates a lot of important moments and decisions that affected the nba the decision decisions yeah (laughs) decisions being one of them uh the sonics moving numerous other things that are and and we kept it pretty rigidly on court that doesn't necessarily mean in the course of a game but they all pretty much are and I, li- I looked at, really for me, it was events that shifted championships. So there were a couple of title winning shots, including one that turned a a loss into a tie, which eventually became a win, and, and then the Kyrie Irving shot, which will come up. But then also moments like injuries and also influ- influential things. So maybe it's something that changed the way people thought about the game or changed somebody's legacy. There are a few, a few real legacy moments in here as well. And so those, I mean, whether you want to argue that they changed the course of NBA history is a 
little bit there, but if they're big figures and it changed the way we, the basketball world thought of them, I thought that warranted at least discussion. Yeah, and the way I'm thinking of it too is that I wanted it to be something that was pretty acute, something that was unexpected or dramatic that really changed the course of history where you can say wow like championships were affected the future of the league was affected the team that players were on was affected all of those uh, kinds of things so dramatic shots dramatic moments dramatic flagrant fouls (laughs) (laughs) so let's start in 2000 the other thing we're going to do is we're just going to go in chronological order i think as you're thinking about all the things that this would have changed that's the best way to do it here 2000 and 2001 there weren't any huge things that popped out to me i think one of the biggest ones probably the biggest one from those two years was that lakers comeback over the blazers in game seven remember they're down 15 at the start of game seven at home and they come back and win that and then take care of the pacers pretty easily they then won three straight championships is that one that you thought would rate really highly on this yeah because it changed it it turned a loss to a win and it changed a champion because the lakers wouldn't have won the championship if they had lost the game seven and yeah. also you but think portland probably would have beaten indiana yeah and i mean you think about how that changes portland's theoretical how it changes the the arc of that franchise if they had win. i mean they got they had a lot of really good years they made the playoffs was at 22 years in a row and got close other times as well but they but to to theoretically if they had won a championship then or maybe the pacers win and then of course that changes it for them and so the lakers getting in and that really being the it wasn't what started their dynasty but it was what really what what made it start at that specific time yeah i think maybe people would think about Shaq differently if they only win two times because i i mean it's i think the reason that one didn't rate that highly for me is because that portland team they added a more than a little overweight sean kemp the year after that but they weren't really a contender after that. I don't think that would have changed had they won the championship. You know, maybe we think of Scottie Pippen differently if he wins a championship away from Michael Jordan. as eh, perhaps that team's second best player. I mean, they had a lot of good guys on that team. Uh, but and maybe Rasheed Wallace doesn't eventually get traded, and maybe there isn't as much blowback from the Jail Blazers era, which uh, would follow that in a couple of years. But I still think the Lakers probably win the next two. You would think. Um, yeah. So that one. I think, yeah, it changes the champion for that year. I'm not sure how much it would have changed beyond that year, though. That's totally fair. 2001, this was a pretty mild one because I think the Spurs probably would have lost the Lakers anyway, but Derek Anderson getting shoved under the basket by Juwan Howard of the Mavericks in the second round. Anderson was the shooting guard for the Spurs. He'd had a really good year. Spurs actually were the best team in the league during the regular season that year. They ended up getting just swept like crazy by the Lakers. So I don't think they, the Spurs definitely missed Derek Anderson in that series his shooting and scoring because they didn't really have much else in the perimeter remember this is before they had tony parker and manu on the team but i still think they probably lose to that lakers juggernaut anyway so that's one well and and, and we're gonna some of these we'll just address quickly and move on from yeah and we'll acknowledge that oh one was the lakers the lakers kings game seven as well right like that's that's i don't consider that a moment that's why it doesn't qualify but it is it wasn't no oh two that was that was oh two okay yeah 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 the ori three was the next year oh two that that's right. Um, so we why don't we move to that one, actually? Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, there wasn't really anything else that stuck out to me in 2001. But yeah, 2002, 
Lakers are down 2-1. Kings are up 2. Kobe drives, misses a shot. Shaq misses just a point-blank layup. Both of those could have tied it. Divac just tries to tip it out, and it goes right to Ori. He hits a 3 to end the game, tied it to, of course, the Lakers win the game 7 on the road, but no way they come back from down 3-1 with two home games coming up in Sacramento. Sacramento, in fact, did win game 5 anyway, uh, although it was a very close game in that series. So Sacramento becomes the, the champion. Possible maybe that Shaq and Kobe break up earlier also possible that the lakers did more to reload they really part of why they lost in 03 was they just didn't have anyone else on the team other than Shaq and kobe and then of course 2004 they they got carl malone so i mean that's a pretty big one i mean that shifts the championship think of chris weber certainly is thought of totally differently if the kings win that year uh you know i do think ultimately the lakers were probably the better team but i mean that was you know that was one of the closest seven game series that you're ever gonna see that series so and that was i mean they were down two they they turned a loss into a win and turned down three one into two two i mean you don't get much more impactful than that yeah that's a, that's a great one and I, I think it goes on the list and it's amazing like this isn't the last time that robert or is going to be on the list and unfortunately the next one that we have is also a moment of pain for the sacramento kings and that was when chris weber got hurt and the kings could have absolutely won the championship that year too i thought they were the favorite that year they didn't win quite as many games weber was going up for an alley-oop as they're blowing out the Mavs in game one of their second round series never the same after that ended up uh, having microfracture surgery comes back he was a shell of himself that contract became a huge albatross Kings uh, never threatened it again but I thought they they didn't try as hard in the regular season probably in 0-2 but they would have beaten the Mavs that year uh, I think the Mavs were a, a 61 win team but I think the Kings were clearly better and then and they were really beating up the Mavs in that first game on the road and then with the Spurs having beaten the Lakers on the other side I mean that I think the Kings had a lot more than that Spurs team and that Spurs team was a great defensive team but that was the you know one of the least talented champions that we've seen they the Spurs beat did beat a the Lakers in the opposite side of the bracket that year and they took out the Mavs Dirk Nowitzki actually got hurt in that series but the Spurs were going to win that series anyway they're already up in the series that's part of why they didn't rush Dirk back and I would imagine so I, I think Sacramento would have won the championship they obviously would have killed the Nets in the finals so I, I think that one swung a championship again I mean the Kings uh, of that era did not have the greatest fortune and uh, those two years obviously to, to have to be on this list two years in a row denied championships and uh, to never win tough. uh yeah the 0304 season uh one that i wanted I, I mean i remember it i was living in la at the time and uh, that was my freshman year uh, i think that was my freshman year of college yeah it had to have been was uh Derek fisher's point four shot a, a a big moment for the lakers but they didn't win the championship that year but that series just for a little bit of context um sorry san antonio fans that was uh, it was 2-2 when fisher hits hits that shot the, the spurs had yeah. been ahead by I, one after Duncan after tim the, duncan that fadeaway was crazy. an equally insane shot from the top of the key and then fisher's shot it was i mean that's one of the greatest shots in NBA history giving the lakers what was it a a 73 72 victory <laughs> uh i think it was 75 73 or 70 no, it was 74 because it was a it was only a two-pointer that's right yeah yeah the, yeah it was 72 71 when duncan hits the shot yeah, yeah. it was uh the 04 was there had been some rise in scoring since 1999 and then it went way down again in 
4 with two of the greatest defensive teams of all time the Spurs and the Pistons that year and then they put in the uh increased focus on hand checking and and I think probably maybe even a bigger thing than that was just that the Nash Suns came in and proved that you can actually like win with offense again and and then things started to evolve but yeah I mean that that point four shot you know I don't think I don't think it really changed anything for the Spurs going forward you know they just kept the same team together they won the championship the next year um I mean, that was one of their best teams uh, statistically. Do, but, do you think if yeah. the, the Spurs had won game five that they would have won the series? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I mean, the, the Lakers maybe would have won game six. Um, yeah, so I shouldn't say for sure, but I, usually you got to get them in game five. It, I mean, that Lakers team had won game seven on the road before, but, uh, you know, it did feel like, I mean, the Spurs win the first two at home and then Lakers win the next two to tie the series and, and they ended up winning four straight. So I think they would have won it. I mean, the, 3-2 with game seven at home you're a pretty darn big favorite but there were a couple other um, things from that yeah. season you want to talk from those from that year you want to talk about yeah this one is, is, is interesting um Sam Cassell getting hurt in the 2004 Western Conference Finals. That series ended up going six. I think a lot of people just assumed that the Lakers uh, were way better. I think the Wolves might have had the best player in that series uh, with Kevin Garnett, but they just had no one to handle the ball. At one point, KG had to start playing point guard himself. So the series ended up not being that close hard for me to say like yes they would have won especially because that Wolves team didn't have like the playoff experience necessarily but one that, uh, that's got to be in there maybe that series is closer and then of course they still would have had to face a great Pistons team in the finals too so I don't think you can say yes that for sure changed the championship um what do you think about Carl Malone's injury in the final that was a little bit before my time as you know like an analyst I was well I watched those finals well um but. do you do you have a better an idea of who might be better Carl Malone or Slava Medvedenko? Slight, slight idea, yes. <laughs> and that was unexpected too because Malone hadn't had he been, missed a fair portion of that season in the earlier part he, of the season? He did, yes, that's true. He, they start 18 and 3. They and then look he gets like hurt. just absolute world beaters because they signed Gary Payton and, and Malone. And uh, all those, he, those guys, Shaq, Kobe, were all working together great. And then Malone misses like 50 games or something, but then it was still having trouble with his knee as they got into the finals and was kind of really just wasn't able to have an effect. But I mean, the Pistons dominated them so much. But it's also just, I mean, the Lakers had like three guys who could play. Like Gary Payton got taken totally out of it because he couldn't shoot. The Pistons just like, you know, he wanted to like not run the triangle and have the ball that was sort of our first indication of hey maybe the triangle isn't so good for point guards um he wanted you know kind of play his like old post-up game that he played in seattle that kind of thing uh, but it was uh it's hard for me to say that the Lakers would have won. It would have been a more competitive series. I mean, they waxed the Lakers in that series. Like the only game the Lakers Lakers won was an impossible Kobe Bryant shot at the end of Game Two. Um, other than that, the, the Pistons took them pretty badly. Um, and, and I mean, I guess maybe if the Lakers win, Shaq and Kobe don't break up. Maybe, maybe they don't trade Shaq. But Kobe still could have been a free agent then. Who knows? I mean, usually winning cures all. We thought that, but uh, that seems to have changed a little bit in recent years but at that time it seemed like it, it would have um and and also a big part of it too is just that they didn't want to give Shaq a big extension if they win the championship that may become easier to do yeah I think it becomes more palatable at that point the 0405 season has I mean it's the mouse at the palace is different than a lot of the other moments that we've already talked about and will talk about but if we're talking about the change yeah the no it has to be on court sorry it's disqualified no there's, a lot there's of it plenty, was. Of, plenty of uh plenty of that happened on the court too yeah and i mean the ripple effects 
throughout the league. I mean, I, I as as it stems in my brain, I think of the dress code. You know, like that's that's honestly one of the first things I think with the Malice, but you can also with Malice Palace, but you can also go to the effect that had on that Pacers team that they never were quite the same anymore, and it's. I think it. If, I, I don't think it swung a championship in the way that it did, but in terms of the arc of the league, I absolutely think it warrants significant consideration. Yeah, that would have been interesting. You know, the Pacers like Jermaine O'Neal kind of was never the same after that. Um, you know, I think that was more just due to his knees wearing out early. Um, I'm just not so certain that the Pacers would be. I mean, I guess they were like killing the Pistons uh, that year. Maybe they would have figured out some other way to implode. Like they weren't a great offensive team. It, you know, Ron Artest never really spent any time uh was never a patch for the Pacers again he gets traded to Sacramento shortly thereafter I think it was the next season he gets traded and yeah that's interesting the Pacers I'm sure would tell you hey we had the better team against the Pistons the year before but Jermaine O'Neal was injured and we were better than them even though we lost them in the conference finals yeah Pistons end up making it to the finals they beat the Heat who were the number one seed that year so Pacers are probably right in that mix of teams to maybe get to the conference finals I, I, I don't I wouldn't have favored them to make the finals that year, but it did lead to a, a pretty big breakup uh, of those teams, uh, of that team, I should say. So, uh, and they pretty much ceased being a factor after that. Carlisle ends up leaving. But the Pistons kept going and they were a part of another big moment in the 0405 season. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just the yo yo that the Spurs had during those years. They get the point four the year before. Then game five, this is still the old 2 3 2 format. Pistons about to go up three to two. They're up to inbound the ball to Manu in the corner and Rashid Wallace who is guarding Ori who's the inbounder just sprints to double team Manu in the corner like he's like Manu wasn't like ready to shoot it or open he's like facing away from the basket and Rashid Wallace usually a very smart player later would become an assistant coach for a time just runs towards him complete brain fart leaving this like great clutch shooter Robert Ori wide open on the wing for a three that's gonna beat you as opposed to just tying the game and there wasn't as much of an an understanding that like giving up a three when you're down two is a big problem Uh, back then just in terms of the math you know maybe they probably should have figured they could they could have learned from o2 but yeah yeah that's right um or they they could have learned from john paxton shot in 1993 there's a lot of famous shots to go from down two to to up one with a three at the end of the game uh so what does that change the pistons win game six everyone thought oh man the pistons are down three two going back they actually win game six and then game seven was a a slog but the spurs won it i think by seven i want to say the score was like 81 to 74 or something but yeah do you think that that outcome if the pistons win that series they're definitely favorites to win that series if or he doesn't make that shot how, how does does that change history larry Brown leaves anyway because he was yeah. he was during those playoffs oh, he was yeah. already known to be leaving for for the knicks yeah and i i mean i think it takes a little bit of the overall shine off the spurs i mean not there's still it's still a ton like an otherworldly amount of it but you know I, i'm not sure they like quote unquote get that one back any other time you know but it's and i think it changes the way we think about that era of pistons if they if they win two titles yes. during that time frame rather than just the one like oh absolutely it's always two titles is such an inflection point well and they what did they make six straight conference finals i believe so yeah like a oh three to oh eight yeah so six straight conference finals and and they would never make it back to a finals either uh, with that group but yeah if they if they win that one that and they've won two i mean that now you're talking about them as you know a little mini dynasty as opposed to just 
and also I think maybe just the overall thought of team building might have been different because that was a you know not a team that had anybody that you would have thought of as a top 10 player in the NBA on it at the time much like those earlier Pistons teams Isaiah was you know probably maybe on the cusp of that for those earlier Pistons teams at that point but it, it was uh well, and also like as yeah. somebody who was a casual at the time I think it would have changed some of the perception of when they beat the Lakers because that one maybe it was because I was living in LA at the time and all that but it was that a lot of the narration even though the Pistons beat the stuffing out of the Lakers that year was that the like the Lakers lost that they were falling apart they were doing all this stuff but if the Pistons win two out of three then it's like, hey, look at this great team. And the Pistons deserve all the credit they get for winning for winning in 03. But it's, yeah. Or winning in 04. 04, sorry. This is one that you mentioned in the 05-06 season. Kobe Bryant's 81-point game. What, what uh, made you want to put that on here? I mean, it, to me, it was the epitome of the lineization of the individual score. You know, the that the that and, and Kobe was, I mean, sadly enough, this has come up a lot in the last year. But the, you know, that, that, that one, the one, player who can kind of like take over a game and not only hit clutch shots which Kobe did throughout his career but but that that performance and I mean also remembering that very few people are still are still with us that were remember and were a, whatever a part of Wilt Chamberlain's 100 point game and like that's the closest a lot of a lot of us are going to get to it and I so I don't know that it changed history like this is deliberately not memorable moments and I think 81 is more memorable than influential but I do think there is a degree of influence for like the generation of players that saw that game and really felt it that you know that that had ripple effects throughout the league how much do you think you know if you're gonna say that the mythology mythology mythologizing 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 of kobe bryant how much of that is due to the 81 point game hmm i don't think a ton of it but certainly some i i think it's a reasonable amount because that's the one thing that he did that nobody else has ever been able to do or even come close to that you can point to like yes kobe is the only guy who could have done something like this and especially when you look back at how much lower of an offensive environment that was than say the late 80s early 90s when you had some of these like jordan's career high was 69 you had david robinson getting 71 in a farce of a game at, at, at the end of the i think it was i can't remember it was the 95 season whatever season he won the scoring title against the clippers uh so you know devin booker when he got his 70 in a loss that was a kind of a farce too i mean this 81 was like a real accomplishment like actually in the flow of trying to win a basketball game so that's the thing that kobe was able to do that just no one else could do which is and that's like what's pretty incredible about so i I, that does i don't know i'd be interested to hear what the feedback is of like how much of that adds to kobe's legacy compared to his many other accomplishments but there are a couple other huge things that year yeah i mean the the 06 playoffs had the originally i mean they had the the huge Dallas over San Antonio moment and then yeah Dirk, Dallas Dirk gets, with the uh the three-point play at the end of game seven to tie it up which was massive yeah and I, I yeah I remember Manu Manu talking about that like when his career ended that he was still stung by that yeah well it was a pretty dumb foul it was 
But then, you know, Dallas has... The, they, were, they were up three, and he follows Dirk on a layup. I mean, yeah. that, was, that was not smart. He and then... Went, he went for the... I mean, that's how Manu played. He, he, he always... I mean, that's why he was so magical. He always thought that he could do it. It could make the great play, but that time it uh, didn't work out for him. Yeah. And then a couple... couple uh, probably about a week well, later. Well, right? well so let's, let's talk about that, though. Sure, uh, of course. How would that have really, have really changed things? I mean, I think... I think San Antonio wins the championship that year, uh, and they probably win three straight. Over the way check... Over the way check heat? Uh, yeah, I so think maybe so. That's that's theoretically yeah yeah so maybe that's the Go one ahead, they sorry. get back if Ori misses the three yeah maybe i mean and i'm mean, 2004 they could have could easily have won it too i mean the, their sure. 04 and their 06 teams were arguably better in the regular season than some of their teams that did win it. um and that 06 team was really good duncan was hurt part of the year I and mean, that was kind of the beginning of his rest but then he just goes completely crazy in that series they they the spurs were actually about to complete a 3-1 comeback of their own in that game but um yeah and then the that was the year that the west bracket was all screwed up where there was the clippers and phoenix neither of them were as good as dallas and san antonio because that was the one in the four seed they were in the same division it was right after they went to oh, the three yeah. divisions and the system was all fucked up so san antonio easily takes care of phoenix uh, who they beat in the year before and they had amari stoudemire phoenix didn't have amari stoudemire and then i think they really would have been able to take care of, of my yeah, and then Miami gets their gets their own moment that I think has to be involved in this, and that's Dallas leading by 13 pretty late in Game 3, Miami coming all the way back and winning that game and then winning the series. Yeah, I think it was like in the last five minutes, and then Something Miami, like that, yeah. of course, wins, wins three in a row at home, and then they win on Dallas's home court in Game 6 to Wayne Wade, close to the greatest final series that anyone has had. I mean, that, that team always seemed like kind of a fluke. Wade then had a couple of injured years after that, so I think he people forget how awesome he was uh, there but yeah i mean if dirk Nowitzki wins a championship then i mean, think of how how much higher he's regarded with ha- having two championships and two championships that were five that would have been five years apart as and with him unequivocally yeah. as the best player on the team yeah i mean them winning maybe changes their future as well like avery johnson probably doesn't get replaced by rick carlisle as easily if they win the championship that's a thought Shaq is probably thought of a little bit differently if he never gets a championship in miami to, to take it to four wade's like- Wade's Wade's legacy is so different yeah to only win as kind of the caddy for LeBron by the time they they come through um yeah I think that's a that's a big one what we got in uh 2007 oh 06-07 had I mean so kind of ties in with the Mavericks I don't know that the We Believe Warriors beating the Mavs changes the changes history though it is I think important because it was the first eight to beat a one in a seven game series that it happened in best of five before including that uh that Denver Nuggets team but it had never happened in a seven game series that Dirk Dirk had to get his MVP award you know basically in a private ceremony because the Mavericks had already been eliminated by the time it, had, oh, it was man. announced and that really affected Dirk's legacy I mean because remember they didn't win the championship in 2006 he wins the MVP, and then they get knocked out in the first round by that Warriors team in 07. So, I mean, that made 2011, you know, a, a, a much bigger deal for his legacy. So I, I do think it's important. It did also create with the Avery Johnson, Don Nelson dynamic, which is something I wrote about way back in my book, and, and a lot of other great people, of course, have written about it at the time, that um, that I think that helped kind of set the table for some of the changes that happened with the Mavericks. And then the Warriors didn't end up really building on that because everything still fell apart. But I, th- I think it was... It was important enough to mention, but not important enough to like really be on the list. However, later on in the Western in the Western Conference playoffs, there yeah. was something that we have to talk. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, 
that leads to Avery Johnson getting replaced by Rick Carlisle. Exactly. That's what I was happen. leading to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It didn't happen right away. But um, yeah, I mean, later him, him getting him getting completely outcoached to the extent that they didn't start Eric Dampier, who had been their like eight, basically their 82 game starter at center. They didn't even start him in game one of that series. And it just felt like Avery Johnson was on the was was on the ropes. I mean, Don Nelson's role with Avery Johnson's coaching career, all that notwithstanding. Um, and, and yeah, I think that helped create some of the that I, helped kind of set him out the door. I always thought Avery got a little bit of a bad rap. I agree. For for that. Although seeing how the Jazz beat them by killing them on the offensive glass the, the next series. But part of that was they had like, you know, it wasn't Eric Dampier, it was like Memo Occur and Carlos Boozer, like guys who could actually play who were big. You know, I don't I, I don't think that like having Eric Gamp Dampier out there would have changed the series. I mean, I thought the bigger problem they had was he just couldn't find a way to get Dirk going offensively. Right. Uh, so yeah, the next one is one that still sticks in the craw of Suns fans. Towards the end of game four, rousing win for the Suns. They take back home court advantage over the Spurs in the second round series, which again, due to the seeding at the time and the fact that the Mavs were out, that that series was basically the NBA championship that year. And that might've even been the Suns' best team that they ever had. 05 was awesome too. Joe Johnson getting hurt in 05 is another one you could even talk about. But uh, Robert Ory hip check Steve Nash as he's just trying to dribble away from a foul in a game that the Suns clearly had won. David Stern in uh, his draconian ire is aroused. Boris Dia and Amari Stoudemire leave the bench, although I my recollection i can't remember whether any of them actually got involved i think they might have both gotten actually involved in it and the Suns came up with this whole thing of like oh amari was actually going to the scorers table to, to check, check in. in oh and he just yeah <laughs> which you know that that was bullshit but it, it was really very legalistic and moralistic by david stern that is the one thing i'm really glad that adam silver has gotten rid of well yeah there was one there was one of those involving in the these. blazers correct or something like that where they like didn't they they let it slide a little bit are, are you talking about with adam silver yes now? i'm trying to remember no hey but you know what danny i mean there's been a few of these where they didn't do that much uh guess what the reason isn't it awesome that we don't remember what it is yeah right that we're not still talking about a team getting screwed out of a championship because of some technical rule that they violated 13 years later might be a better way of doing things so, any about, so so yeah. is your your belief is that the the suns the suns i mean they at least have a much better shot but they, they win the series so the suns almost win game five dia and amari both get suspended the suns are right in game five i think bruce bowen hits a corner three with under a minute left to ice that game five on the road for the spurs suns had home court advantage of the series and then the suns lost by about 10 in game six that wasn't that close I think it probably if the if that doesn't happen, I still would put the series at about 50-50. I mean, that Spurs team was really, really good, and they kind of had the Suns number. You know, you could say that Dia and Amari, I mean, they had no bigs at all to deal with with Tim Duncan in that game five. So you could say yes, it was just a few points. Those guys would have made the difference. Yeah, I think you got a pretty credible argument there. And the Suns had one on the road already in, in San Antonio. The fact that they couldn't put in a better game performance makes you wonder a little bit but i mean at a minimum i think pretty darn good chance the suns win game five and have a game seven at home but i would not have counted out the spurs in that game seven at all like the spurs would have been very capable of winning that game seven. and then as as you said if that if the suns had had won that series they they yeah. would have been the heavy favorites to win the championship and then that and that changes so much for those teams yeah the suns would have won it i mean that's about as i mean the jazz were like a five seed they got killed by the spurs and the spurs swept and that was the LeBron 
that, that was the LeBron Cavs, yeah. Yeah. 2008, I couldn't think of any. Wait, the biggest thing that happened in 07-08 was, was off the court. That was the, the Danny Ainge assembling that Celtics team. I mean, that right. that was that was a huge thing, but it's not within the scope of, of our exercise. Right. And, and, you know, some people, oh, what if they lost that game seven against the Cavs? Well, but they were favorite there. You know, it wasn't, that wasn't like some out of nowhere thing for them to win that. They were supposed to win. So that's why that doesn't come in. These years are actually really sparse, but uh, 2009, the one that comes to mind is kg getting injured i think it was in utah that boston team was right up there with the Cavs that year the magic and the lakers that was actually one of the might have been the few years this century where the east the top of the east is better than the top of the west and with last year actually maybe being a, another one of those so that's one that really stands out i think you know the celtics lose in the second round to the magic ends up going seven in a very ugly series but the magic end up winning a game seven in boston after boston barely squeaks it out against the bulls in an all-time classic series in the first round kg is there they win that series i think boston probably beats the Cavs and gets to the finals to to go up against the lakers that year kg if they win it that year back-to-back championships with him as the best player i think that changes things uh, for his legacy quite a bit and he also just was never the same after that either you know i mean he was just right kind of became more of just a defensive role player after that and then so, 2010 so, so if he year- doesn't have that injury maybe like the celtics might have won three straight titles if he doesn't get that injury I, i'm not right. gonna say i, I think that's totally, more likely that's than totally not that they would have yeah I, I don't think i'm not saying they would have been favored to win three straight but i think they would have had a very good chance at it. and then 2010 was the year that perkins got hurt before game seven right uh yeah i think he tore his acl in game six as they yeah. were getting blown out but i mean i'm sorry it's country parts we're, we're, we're not uh yeah I, I i think the lakers i mean they, they won that game seven i think they would have won anyway it did it did make it easier for them yeah but. i mean you know people will point to the fact that the way the Lakers won that game seven was on the boards and Rasheed Wallace got really tired and that's what Kendrick Perkins would have provided I mean maybe it did happen in the finals but also I don't think I mean that's one where I don't think that the Celtics winning that championship rather than the Lakers changes history much beyond then you still have the decision you still have the Miami super team happening the Lakers you know I don't they didn't have any flexibility to change anything after that they'd already signed Ron Artest before that year that was really the the last move they had left to make um you know i don't think it really changes anything for the celtics after that either they were pretty locked into their team yeah i think it, it might change like kobe and phil's legacies a little bit but not dramatically yeah that that's true i mean kobe having now if kobe never yeah. wins a title after if, if they don't win in 09 and 2010 then that's i think that legacy stuff yeah. is really different but that's that's too many things to talk about 2011 dallas coming back in game two i think they were down 18 with something like eight or nine minutes remaining in game two they already had gotten pretty badly outclassed in game one the heat are the massive favorites he'd actually won game three in that series as well and then dallas won three straight so i mean that's one of the greatest comebacks in nba history totally improbable jerk hits uh, that driving layup uh, along the left lane line to, to win it uh, going past chris bosh uh, at the end of the game man i mean you know if lebron like i, I think that that one game shifted that title that would be three straight titles for LeBron. Interesting, though, if that had changed things for him because, you know, that was the year that it was really more, everyone was still thinking of it as the big three. Wade was almost as good as him. Wade probably
probably actually wins finals mvp i would guess um in that series because he was awesome he he was huge in the game three that they won in dallas and so maybe that changes things for wade it might change things for wade more than lebron uh, i would i would then, agree but i mean at the time yeah. it would have changed things more for lebron than wade but now almost 10 years later i think it would have been more for wade yeah because I, I mean, lebron I lebron has added people, lebron yeah. has added so many more pages than wade has since right then. right exactly i mean but you know perhaps if lebron has those three straight titles and four overall that's starting to get closer to michael jordan that that series people will just kind of forget that he wasn't that good in that series if the the heat had won anyway you know that that's probably that and his 2010 series against the celtics are probably the two biggest stains on his resume so uh that's one yeah maybe you could say his elbow injury in 2010 too is it was another one we'll never know how much that uh, affected things for him in that celtics series when he had, had a, a really rough series but uh we'll, we'll know when they that, make the, yeah. when they make the first lebron last dance when they're talking about his departure from the Cavs, we'll finally we'll finally get <laughs> yeah. that yeah that's right yeah he's gonna have to have like four different documentaries about his last season in each each of the locations um yeah i i, I mean that's a huge one there and then of course Nowitzki uh, from the dallas side uh, sure. as well i mean there's no chance people are talking about dirk as a top 20 player of all time if he doesn't win that championship no way yeah especially in the context of what happened before 2012 i mean this one sticks out as a sad one the derrick rose injury at yeah. the end of game one in uh uh the first round against the sixers what, what it, can you in the long term i mean other than just rose's legacy do you think that changed anything i don't think they would have beaten miami but ha- yeah. my- well i i think i mean remember chris bosh is hurt also so if you want to say rose didn't get hurt but bosh still did then, then maybe, maybe they, i mean maybe the, then I like mean, the bulls were way better than that boston team and that boston team took miami to seven they did and that comes up in another one of the yeah that that is a reasonable way of, of thinking about it but yeah i i just maybe it was maybe i was just wrong i just never thought of i never thought the bulls team was great but i i just i'm a believer of kind of talent you know kind of talent over production in that sense I, I that was why i was so stunned when miami lost in 2011 um but yeah i mean that and and it, it also just changed the bulls for the for the next couple of years i mean it, it kind of looked like things were lining up that the bulls were going to be the biggest foil for miami at least in the eastern conference and then ended up having to go in a different direction yeah i'm i mean it really it would have been an absolute war if both teams were at full strength i think i still would have favored miami and keep in mind also actually the bosch injury that gets miami to start playing small maybe they don't even win right i mean because miami was just you know they're playing just this terrible big all the time and it really just totally messed up their spacing uh on offense it made them really good defensively but like you're playing like joel anthony a bunch of minutes center you know or, or like dexter Pittman was starting games for them in the playoffs and so bosch getting hurt actually makes them go small and play battier and lebron together at forwards which they really had not been doing you know bosch was pretty much playing forward exclusively and so that how that would have turned out in 2012 i, I think the bulls had home court as well i think the bulls would have had about a 50 50 shot of beating the heat that year uh, at full strength and and with home court maybe a little bit less than that if the bulls do beat the heat that year though i mean chris bosch probably gets traded like there was talk that that was going to happen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and if chris bosh gets traded i don't know if the heat ever win a championship at that point and then you know if the bulls had beaten the heat that that year i mean bulls thunder would have been really interesting in in the finals as well um uh, 
Especially, I mean, think about it even in the context of who knows if what would have happened after would have happened, but that neither of those teams ended up winning a championship. Yeah, and the Bulls would have been around as, at a minimum, the next couple of years, the primary foil to the Heat. Yeah. It, it, I mean, that that's at a minimum. You know, they would have been making conference finals over, like, those Pacers teams the next couple of years as well. So, I mean, that would have been interesting. The Bulls still probably would have still had cap space in the summer of 2014. Maybe Carmelo comes to Chicago then if Derrick Rose is still uh, operating at uh full capacity and then of course you know rose likely would have been a hall of famer i think and uh, we, we missed out on the majority of his career there too so instead of getting that bulls heat series that we were looking forward to in 2012 instead we got heat celtics and that led to another thing this is more of a legacy moment than anything but i mean lebron's 45 special is we talked about that a lot we did a best playoff performances of the decade we did that uh during this season so it's a podcast worth listening to in these non-basketball days that i mean there's a legacy component of that that i think is huge but also if miami doesn't if miami doesn't make that finals remember they just lost to the mavericks i mean maybe then the boss trade still happens like all of those i mean the ripple effects from that are crazy yeah. well and i think also that that game to me we yeah as you mentioned we talked about that game a, a ton that's the game that made people like believe in lebron like actually believe that he was going to come through in most of these games and even though his teams would lose plenty in the finals it was never because of him after that he actually was you know was always played well pretty much uh beyond that point and so yeah and there were a lot of demons at that point i mean 2010 2011 yeah. as the as the real background there and then get into and he's never won a championship get into 2012 looks like they might lose to that spurs team which we, i yeah. had and they're down three games to two there Celtic too, team so, so yeah. yeah yeah the celtics had just won three straight like it, it, chris bosh was out he didn't come back until uh game seven and, and came off the bench in that game which was a relatively close game as well yeah if, if he doesn't do that i mean that was a very thin heat team at that point I mean, it wasn't a great celtics team but yeah that's what was required was that yeah if he didn't do that they I mean, don't win yeah yeah most people would have favored the, the uh celtics at that point in the series certainly absolutely and then i didn't have a single moment but i did want to mention that crazy 2012 western conference finals when okc lost they lost the first two games and then won four straight i didn't have a single moment in there but it felt like that was changing the arc of the of changing the arc you know okc was the next rising team and i mean they still had plenty of moments where they got really close but james harden is james harden is gone shortly thereafter they don't win the they don't beat the heat for that championship and san antonio stays relevant like it looked like a changing of the guard and it wasn't really that but it was still important enough that i wanted to mention it well how do you think that changed thing you're saying it didn't i don't much? think it did i i so that was one for me that i thought it was at the at the moment it happened i was convinced that it did and then it i i don't think it did no i mean because the the spurs get back and they have another heartbreaking loss in 13 and then they win in 14 but yeah. i think the spurs beat the heat in 2012 bosh is still that was a, that was still a pretty thin injury. miami team yeah they don't have ray allen yet the he came in the next year and the spurs have a, a rookie Kawhi leonard on that team like the the big problem for the thunder was durant was too skinny and cephalosha couldn't shoot and harden you know obviously wasn't going to guard lebron either so they didn't have anyone to guard lebron that's why lebron just completely killed them in that series i i think especially with the heat being kind of wounded that uh, the spurs could have taken them in that finals if they win and, and you know they just ended up getting out athleted and out talented by the thunder but i think they matched up a little better with heat. maybe not I, i'm not saying for sure but i think they would i think at a minimum they give the heat a better game than the five gamer that okc gave them. although two of those 
uh heat wins were very close and they were they almost went down uh 2 in that series as well like kd had a, a shot that could have tied he got fouled on the baseline with like 10 seconds left in game two 2013 first one that came to mind for me kobe bryant's torn achilles how much do you think I mean, obviously it changed him because i mean he was actually having his best season in two or three years playing more point guard high pick and roll uh, space floor with d'antonio it's really his first time he'd been able to play in a system like that um you know but he plays a, a billion minutes and it ends up tearing his achilles but how much do you think that changed the future he probably has more productive years at the end but you know he wasn't i don't think he was a top five player at that point anymore anyway i, mean, I, I think that it i think that it dramatically affected the lakers and that helped that was a, a part of what sent them into the wilderness remember the bad contracts and and everything else but i think they were poorly managed at the time and i think they would have gone or they would have gone fairly down that road anyway you know like jim bus and 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 the desk kind of the weird desperation that they had but also the for me yeah. i mean it would have changed kobe's career to be sure but there were also some really strong teams in the western conference that i didn't see those lakers teams getting past no i mean that that was the this is going to be fun year with nash and gasol gasol was moving into a different path i mean he ends up leaving the next summer to go to the bulls from the lakers does dwight howard stay i mean that's probably the biggest question i, I mean i don't think that he would i don't think I don't so know that I, yeah i mean i think he didn't really enjoy himself i mean they were gonna be you know, it's interesting that play i mean they were on a roll going in the playoffs they play the spurs and get completely killed i don't think they were in position to move up any higher than that uh in terms of because this the six seed that year was the warriors and they were at i think they're at 46 so maybe they could have got if if that lakers team could have gotten into the sixth seed at the end of the year and played that nuggets team without gallo maybe they win that series but i, I don't think they beat the spurs in the next round anyway so I, they just they were coming together a little bit but they just you know dwight wasn't the same guy at that point nash was dealing with his injury issues so I, I don't think it changed that much for the lakers and i think they you know they would have been they wouldn't have been so terrible maybe they just you know they wouldn't have been as bad those next couple of years they give up those draft picks if kobe is still good maybe that's how things change they don't have the ammo to go get anthony davis mm-hmm. kobe probably retires later than he would have maybe lebron isn't on the lakers actually if that happened so maybe it is more impactful than i uh, i thought initially the Russell Westbrook playoff injury when Patrick Beverly runs into him in the 2013 playoffs is yeah r- ran through him ran through him is probably, probably a better way of putting accurate. it I mean that was a that 20 that 2012 13 Spurs team was very good that 2012 13 Thunder team was also damn good um and that yeah, I, they not the Heat had the best point differential in the regular season here. yeah now they had already traded Harden oh I have a question for you we, I've this I meant to mention this in 2012 if OKC loses to San Antonio in the 2012 West Finals, is it more or less likely that they do the Harden trade? So... I, I think it's the same. The I, I mean, it didn't appear that the making the finals changed, made them made, made them more comfortable paying the money and committing to somebody who wanted the full max, even though other guys sacrificed like Serge Ibaka. I don't think it. I don't think it changes anything. I think it might have reduced Harden's contract demand down to something that they could have been more comfortable with. That's if you buy the narrative that it really was the finances. You know, you hear stuff other than that, that it was really like more of just a prestige call of like, hey, we better get something for this guy while he's still on the rookie contract. And, you know, he wants a a bigger future than we can provide for him here. And so it just, you know, it wasn't going to work with him here anyway. Um, But I mean, remember Harden, part of why they win that game six is he goes crazy they like oh he yeah was probably the biggest problem for san antonio in that series of anyone so 
Yeah, uh, people remember that Harden wasn't great in the finals, that in the NBA finals that year, but he had some huge moments in the conference finals. Yeah, so if they lose that series, maybe his contract demands aren't as exorbitant, and at a minimum, they end up thinking, okay, we'll just sign under this contract, and he'll always be tradable on this contract, and let's go for it next year. But uh, I mean, he still Houston still would have Houston still would have given him a max offer sheet. Oh, oh, you're saying that if he doesn't sign the extension? Yeah, I'm, no. What I'm saying is his demands are lower, so that the, so they agree to an up, extension. Yes, yes, yeah, it's possible. You know, they, it, it's possible. And uh, yeah, that's that's what I was thinking as opposed to because he's not going to go in. I mean, Presti was not going to let him go into restricted free agency, which for whatever reason, because uh, Oklahoma City doesn't do that. Okay, but yeah, back to that 2013 Westbrook injury. OKC absolutely makes the conference finals that year. I yes. mean, that 2013 Memphis team was pretty good. I think I think the Spurs probably could have beaten them anyway, though. Uh, I mean, that Spurs team was really, really good. That Spurs team might have even been that 13 Spurs team might have even been better than the 14 Spurs team. They just went they lost to a much better Heat team. I think that I think that there's definitely a reasonable argument for that. I'd have to I'd have to go back and do more digging, but off yeah, the top of my I, head, yeah, sure, that's fine. I mean, that Thunder team had some pretty major holes, though. It did. You know, they had Kevin Martin coming off the bench. I mean, that's when they was just like they don't have any kind of three and D guy. And they really got exposed to without Westbrook. Well, and that was and, when they they didn't have a lot of different looks, from what I remember. Like those those teams just yeah. they just kind of did one thing. They did it really, really, really well, and that's hard. I mean, they had beaten the Spurs. They beat Spurs in the 2012 final in the conference finals, but. Yeah, but that was with James Hart. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. And I, and the Spurs, to me, were better in 13 than they were in 12. And I thought the Thunder... The thun, I mean, the Thunder did put up a crazy net rating. Like, they were a, v- a very good team. But as a playoff team, you know, you and I have talked about those differences so many times over the years. That yeah. I, I, think, I think they were a worse playoff, in my opinion. Even if... So, ultimately, that doesn't change that much to you? No, especially because Westbrook, like... I mean, he, he deals with other injuries and stuff. I don't... It, it affects him and it affects the team, but I don't think it... I don't think it swings a championship, personally. It's yeah, important. I mean... Yeah, it's certainly important. But I mean, they did have home court against the Spurs. I mean, I think they they certainly had a very good. But I don't think the they would have beaten not, the Heat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's more likely than not they don't win the championship. Yeah. Uh, I would say between having to beat the Spurs and beat the Heat. However, there is another moment in the 2013 playoffs. Uh, Ray Allen in. I mean, we talked about the Ori shot and a lot of other ones. He turns a certain loss into a tie which becomes a win which becomes a series win and that is the second title for lebron wade bosch that is the that is not a san antonio championship though it does you could argue feel the fire for the 2014 title and i mean one of the few moments in nba history where you can definitively say another team would have won the title but for this yeah for sure and what happens then going forward if the Spurs win that? I don't think it changes things that much for Miami the next year. I think they, they basically maybe Miami, yeah, maybe. But you know, Wade was kind of cooked by that point. Battier didn't really have anything left in 2014. I mean, maybe the Heat try a little more aggressively to make changes. But remember, they amnesty Mike Miller. They're already just like very taxed out, and Miller actually goes on to have a pretty good year. Maybe they don't amnesty Mike Miller because they needed him, but uh, or they try and trade him or something to. Uh, maybe they don't pinch pennies quite as much after that year maybe there isn't as much organizational fatigue so many people with the heat talked about that by the end of that 2014 series that it was also a relief well, also i mean when it was we, we talked about how the 2011 final how the 2011 final might have changed things more for wade than braun in hindsight 13 going the other way i think i think that switches dramatically i think if lebron if they if they, especially if the heat only ever win once then i i think that really that really yeah. weighs against lebron yeah that that whole 
era is almost viewed as a failure i think if they only win one and they could have won in 14 but they were a worse team in 14 than they were in 13 and the spurs were oh yeah incredible yeah absolutely so i i I don't i'm not sure what their path would have been to beating the spurs the next year unless they made major personnel changes right yeah and so So, that that, yeah that's that leads to a 13 14 season that doesn't have a lot of oh and yeah go ahead go you go uh i was gonna say yeah and if lebron only has two championships the conversation between him and jordan is over before it starts i I mean that's that may not be fair that that all could hinge on one shot by somebody else but that's the way these things work one shot by somebody else after lebron had missed was it two threes right before that no he makes one Um, he misses one makes one misses one i'm trying i i can't remember what the exact i just rewatched it like three weeks ago the shot that led to the rebound yes i know that for sure i mean it was a very difficult three that he missed agree um so this is an interesting one that you had for 2014 i didn't have anything for this uh but you came up with it i thought it was interesting in november of that year remember the spurs and heat have just played this intensely memorable nba finals I believe it was the first game they played against each other that next season. Popovich sits his stars on national television, and that was the that led to the fine from the NBA that really kickstarted the firestorm of conversations about deliberately sitting players. And it wasn't load management in its full form at that time, but it really it really did start that conversation. And it, it wasn't I, I don't know how to say it, it changed the NBA, but it was still very influential because it was in such a high profile game and Popovich being the one who kicked it off because he had so much of a, a rep around the league and had some with all with all the success that he'd had to be the to be really the first exceedingly public example of this that then became yeah, a huge and story and they'd been doing the same thing particularly with tim duncan before but yeah this is the where it was just like oh wow they're like they're really doing this and then it was like oh no this is actually really smart i actually think though that a another event changed the regular season importance slash resting conversation more than that but we'll get to that in a little bit but yeah i mean the four the 13 14 champion we didn't we uh, there wasn't really anything that changed that san antonio was the best team san antonio won the championship 14 15 is a is <laughs> i mean the the first year of what, the, what, did, what did you think of this one that, the, that i put in <laughs> I, I laughed really one. hard i kind of wanted you to put in david lee getting hurt in the series against the nuggets years before but uh, um, I considered it, but I considered it. yeah, I mean, so I, I do think there is a very sound argument and Kerr's been pretty, Steve Kerr's been pretty open about this, that if David Lee hadn't gotten hurt in the 2014 preseason, which were, you, you decided to count that as an on-court thing, though it wasn't during an NBA game. I think it, yeah, it, it I mean, might've been it during preseason in practice. Yeah. yeah. But David Lee getting hurt in that preseason is what opened the door for Draymond Green starting the 14-15 season as the Warriors starting power forward, which was integral in a bunch of different ways for the Warriors winning the 14-15 championship. Yeah, and Lee injures his hamstring early in the preseason. Green actually had a bad preseason. He did. That year. Yeah, Kerr was Kerr was going to start he, David Lee. Oh, for sure. I mean, David Lee was making like $15 million a year back when that meant something. And, I mean, he was the apple of the Lacob's eye. He's playing poker with the with Joe Lacob all, all the time. Uh, so him getting hurt, and then, you know, I think they're like 17-5 and five or something by the time Lee can come back. And it's like, yeah, we're, we're not going to start anymore david uh but you know i mean draymond at least at that time had some modicum of three-point range which lee just did not at all 
and of course you know he was much better like with david lee out there the whole switching defense thing never would have uh, become a big deal and you know what i mean maybe steve kerr figures it out maybe they decide to trade david lee after the season i mean i think they still would have been a lot better you know maybe they win 61 or 62 games with david lee starting instead of draymond um you know i mean i think it would have been very difficult maybe draymond would have been finishing games and but who knows maybe draymond never gets the the confidence to really be himself i mean he did so much more handling of the ball starting that season and particularly the season after that yeah i don't know i i i think that the warriors would have still been a really good team but i don't know if it like the warriors dynasty happens without that and maybe they're like okay we're gonna trade david lee this offseason to save money and it's that's easier to do because he had played all year and put up some numbers well and remember he was extremely popular with ownership he brought this up but it's like it, this isn't yeah. it wasn't inevitable until it happened and then the other huge moment in the 14 15 season came that was david lee was at the beginning came at the came towards the end Kyrie Irving in overtime of game one of those finals gets hurt it was his, his broke his kneecap correct yeah and and then that and that that closed the door I my belief is that the that the Cavs would not have won that series anyway but they would have had a yeah. much 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 better chance if Kyrie hadn't gotten hurt yeah it's interesting because I mean the, you could I've argue the Cavs should have yeah. won game two as well that was the Amon Shumpert oh uh, the Cavs did win game oh no they, they yeah they should have won game one they did win game two that's right yeah but you know Kyrie really hurt the Cavs defense a lot i mean he he had had a really good defensive game that first game against curry but i don't think he could have kept that up for the whole series and when the Cavs were giving the Warriors trouble, a lot of that was Del Vadova and his scrappiness uh, and all that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the Warriors definitely were favored in that series. Well, in and that series, Steph, ended, yeah, that's, ahead, sorry. sorry, that series ended up following the Warriors archetype from that year. Tim Kawakami's written about this well of take a couple games to figure it out. Then once they figured out, they just roll. That happened in the Memphis series. That happened in and a couple of that year with the with that coaching staff. And once they figured out the high pick and roll, the Cleveland just couldn't defend, and Kyrie Irving wouldn't have helped with that. Yeah, but Cleveland also just couldn't score i mean the warriors ultimately really won that series with defense and so maybe Kyrie changes that i don't know i i still think i agree with you i still think the warriors would have won i mean it ended up not being a close series in the end you know the warriors win comfortably in game six so uh, i think Kyrie could have given them a fighting chance but I, I still don't think that they win that series so uh you know kevin love had gotten hurt earlier that season it's possible i think actually that because remember the warriors don't become really this team that you just like can't match up against until they go to Draymond at center I think actually that Kevin Love matched up with the Warriors much better in 2015 if they're going to be playing Bogut and Draymond together and Love is out there spacing the floor so if it's both Love and Kyrie yes I agree then they have a much better then maybe yeah it it gets to be a a lot closer Love of course got hurt when Kelly Olenek pulled his shoulder out of his socket uh 2016 Man, I mean, this was maybe the greatest NBA season ever, and there are part of it is because there are all these crazy, dramatic events. And I will say my number one, which is never talked about this way, was Steph Curry's injured MCL against Houston because he was. I mean, we, you could go back and read contemporaneous, contemporaneous accounts by the two individuals you're listening to right now about that that he didn't look the same. That was Steph Curry's unanimous MVP season. He did come back. He did have you know set the overtime score record in that game against the Blazers was you know was a, a huge part of the OKC series and the and the 2016 finals but he was never the same guy in those playoffs he was still recovering from the MCL issue so I think every if you if if Curry is 100% for the subsequent series, I think a lot of the other theatrics just don't matter as much because the Warriors win anyway. Yeah. 
yeah I mean it was just I maybe he was just getting lucky during that season but it's just I still have never seen anything like it and maybe you can just say okay well it wasn't the same anymore because what he was doing was was unsustainable he just couldn't continue to play like that although he was certainly on his way to playing like that before he first he hurts the foot and then a couple games later he does the MCL I'm not sure whether those were related or or not but I tend to think not since he slipped on a wet spot with the MCL Yunus. um yeah then the other thing this is that no one ever talks about I mean, being in that moment when we found out about that injury we're like okay yeah maybe they'll beat Houston but like they got to play the Clippers in the next round the Clippers are still pretty good and uh, like they were on their way to taking care of Portland no problem until Blake Griffin and Chris Paul both get injured in those games in Portland and then Portland ends up winning that series and then even though Steph doesn't come back until game four and he's not 100 percent the the Warriors are able to close that series out in five the Clippers if that was the timeline for Steph against the Clippers they might have won that series I think, I think they probably do you think the Clippers would have won the series yeah I do I mean remember how flawed yeah, remember how yeah. flawed those Warriors team I mean Clay and Clay and Draymond did really step up but th- those Clippers teams were so good yeah I mean I don't know they they the Warriors were not very score. good defensively though against I, I th- well the, the Warriors were able to score fine against like Houston and, and Portland I mean I don't think the Clippers defense was that good but their offense was better yeah that's for sure I, I think it would have been a close series I don't know I, I think you know maybe Warriors are down 2-1 when Steph comes back I mean maybe Steph comes back earlier because they're more concerned maybe they, they rush it a little yeah bit. I, I, I mean being around the team at the time I certainly got the impression that Steph came back really as early as he could agreed so the Warriors do win and then they're down three games to one against the Thunder they're getting really just even out physical in game six everyone always talks about it they should have lost that game but Clay Thompson has that ridiculous performance with 11 three-pointers to pull them back from the brink and that's another one you can look swings at swings a championship just, like think of yeah I mean it swings the championship well why, why do you say that Be- you think the Thunder beat the Cavs yeah I do I don't know that Cavs team was pretty good the Cavs man. team was pretty good that Thunder I mean I will never shake being you and I were sitting next to each other in game three and game four of that series when the thunder just demolished the warriors yeah. it, it was like just like, like being in the out arena was just like standing under a tidal wave with, with the noise and the constant fast break and just the way that the thunder were physically dominating the series i it, it definitely it's not i'm not saying it was a fait accompli i'm not saying it would have been obvious favorites if i were handicapping that series if the if the thunder win game six i would have picked the thunder probably in six i probably would have picked them too i mean the Cavs would have had home court though i think i i might have picked them i also think that i didn't give the cavaliers enough credit agreed at that time going in that that was a really really good team but uh, uh, and just a historically good offense but then you also get to the stuff that happened after that that i mean does kd leave if they win the championship i've actually cha- i've actually Maybe. changed yeah. on that uh so i you think he leaves if they win it i think there's a chance so i mean ethan's ethan's book like i mean it it made me so i i've talked about this a little bit openly that i was one of the people who peppered katie with questions after um so the next public thing he did beyond the uh the announcement with the warriors was team usa they were in vegas because that was the 2016 olympics and there was it was sam amick ramona shelburne and i and maybe one or two other people at different times we basically just asked katie the same question for an hour and it was if the warriors hadn't won if the warriors had won the championship would you have gone and yeah i guess that's different than if okc had won would you have yeah. stayed he, he did he did say in a in a gq article that no he wouldn't have then he later said that he would have gone anyway maybe he would have gone anyway. i'm thinking I i'm thinking but, right now that he would have but that is also different that was more if i think if yeah. the warriors had beaten the Cavs, not if okc had beaten the Cavs. 
Yeah, maybe exactly. he signs a one I plus one, one or something. Yeah. Um, who knows? Yeah, I, I didn't. I mean, I think I think certainly last year, even if the Warriors had won, he would have left. But it was kind of like I think he had already paved the way for making weird free agency decisions, and so it just there wasn't. It, once you've like broken the seal on that, that leaving a team that had just won a championship and Kawhi doing the same thing as well. I mean, that would have uh, the idea that there's two players who might possibly have done that. Well, and uh, and if I mean the way. Heat weren't. I mean, they made the final, so. I, I think LeBron would have done it in 2014 if they'd won. I, I don't think so. I, I think it was clear to me, uh, clear to him that he actually had a better future by going to Cleveland than in uh, the Heat didn't really have any options to improve. Like exactly. Played. That's why I think he would have left. Yeah. Uh, even if they win the championship, though? <sighs> maybe maybe he signs a one. Just, maybe that starts yeah. the one plus one barrage. It could. It could. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, so. But we're still not done with 2016. <laughs> No, no, that's true. <laughs> no, I mean, so then you have at the end of at the end of game four, I was in the building in Cleveland, Quicken Loans, and LeBron stands over Draymond Green. Draymond Green swings his arm forward, gets suspended because of the accumulation of flagrant fouls, gets suspended for game five. And I, I mean, that was such an incandescent individual performance or dual individual performance from LeBron and Kyrie. I mean, that was one of the most memorable games yeah. I've ever but, covered. But, but being there, and especially once Bogut goes out as well, like they're just able to attack the rim over and over again. Right. And that wouldn't have been Draymond the same there. if Draymond had, if Draymond had, had yeah. been playing. And, and also, they just wouldn't have had the same level of spirit coming in. I, I don't usually focus on that, but to be down 3-1, they lost to him last year. Down 3-1 with two had, games at, at Oracle. Yeah, the Warriors had dominated them in the regular season, and there's no reason to think you're going to win that game five, probably. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I I fully believe that the Warriors would would have won the championship had they... Yeah, and even if they don't win game five, I mean, the, the, the Cavs still had to win game six and win game seven, and, and Draymond had a huge game. Draymond had a huge game seven. And that is also one of the forgotten performance, like big game performances in NBA history. And I mean, considering how many other Warriors shat the bed in that game seven, um, he, he, he kind of, I mean, you could say in some ways he redeemed it, but it, there isn't a game seven. There's a pretty decent shot. There isn't a game seven if he's there for game five. So if the Warriors win, whether it's the, that game seven win on the road by Cleveland, the, the Kyrie shot, uh, the Draymond, I mean, all, all of those kind of fall into the same bucket of consequences. Uh, and so you've got KD maybe not going to the Warriors. You got the Warriors, maybe, do they re-sign Harrison Barnes? Maybe they try to trade for someone. Maybe they try to roll their space over 2017 and sign like Gordon, Gordon Hayward. Hayward instead. Um, you know, maybe Steph comes back the next year with no KD and validates his MVP season and they win the championship anyway. Maybe they don't. I mean, seeing a, a, a that Warriors-Cavs again the next year uh, would have been pretty amazing, I think. You know, what would they have done outside of getting KD? Maybe they would have gotten more depth and they could have continued to roll along at relatively the same speed or maybe not maybe they they don't ever win another championship uh, as well any of those could have happened but maybe even the biggest consequence of the Warriors losing that year more than any of the personnel stuff I alluded to this earlier I think that them losing after busting their ass to win 73 games and that that effort being I think somewhat wrongfully blamed for their loss it basically was like okay if you could win 73 games and you're gonna 
you're not even going to win anyway. Like, what the hell is the point of trying in the regular season? And 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 the Cavs, on the other hand, didn't try at all that season. I don't even think it necessarily relates to the that the the causal potential part of. And I think it was a contributing factor that they that the Warriors pushing hard for 73. You know that that's why they lost title. But it was it was the realization that after everything they'd accomplished, it still felt hollow. And part of that is even the passage of time that they won the 70, the 73, you know, the 73 wins that was in April. And then two months later, after the, the battles and everything in those playoffs, that it is a little bit more of a distant memory and it's still an accomplishment. And I think it was, yeah, I, I'll never forget it though. It's like them going for 73 wins to me, that might be my like favorite thing that I've ever covered to get like that level of nightly drama. That was that, that uh, will be the best team either of us ever covered. Like the, the most memorable season either of us ever covers. I mean, it would be yeah. shocking to see anything pass it. And I remember that season started with Kerr being out in the 24-0 run. Yeah, I mean, and, and the Spurs were actually like pushing them to get to yeah. 73 as well. So yeah, it was, uh, and to have all those guys pretty much be homegrown as well. I mean, that was part of it. Also, it, there wasn't this feeling that they're like a mercenary super team that you got with the Heatles or with uh, once KD joined the team. So yeah, there was, but I think that that really, the fact that that was like the regular season's basically like their last gasp. I mean, you had the, the Heat's 20, uh, the Heat's massive winning streak, the 27 game winning streak in 2013 was fucking awesome too. Yes. Like, and nobody's ever going to even try to do that anymore. Like, to, like to actually see a team trying to put that together and like a really good team trying to win every game in the regular season like that. I mean, it's, it makes no sense to do that anymore. Like, I totally understand why teams don't. I'd love it if there was some regular season reform to help change that. But yeah, I mean, it was just, it, it was just like, oh my God, they can't do it. Wow. They did it again. Somehow, like I got to tune in next, next game. Like it was really uh i'm sad that that's never gonna happen again but and and um, and kevin durant joining the warriors leads to a lot fewer what if changing moments over the next couple years because of the warriors being by far the most talented team winning the next two championships but there were a couple that are worth mentioning in 2017 i i firmly believe that in terms of swinging a championship zaza pachulia being in Kawhi leonard's landing space leading to leonard's ankle issue and and all the subsequent stuff i think in terms of swinging championships it is overstated but it is still an extremely important moment and the part of the reason it's overstated is because san antonio had that stunning massive lead at oracle arena and that they ended up blowing basically as soon as as soon as Kawhi got hurt i still think they lose that they still lose that series it's just that it the way it worked was he got hurt at the pinnacle and it would have gone down from there but it would have gone down differently well i mean that's basically Kawhi's last moment in san antonio do you think that his fate plays out any differently there if that injury doesn't happen and remember also he's already on a tender ankle that he had sprained back in game five that and he had also tweaked it again just before that yeah the david didn't he like step stepping on david onto Lee? the bench but uh whoever it was he like just like twisted his ankle on somebody who's uh, on the bench yeah, i think it was david Lee. um but uh and that and also like part of the reason i wanted to mention the Kawhi thing beyond yeah i think it's the the ripple effects with his relationship with the spurs it does seem like they stem from that but there also could have it could have been i mean all the other things well it, it was supposedly it was the quad issue yeah i think that, you're right so so and it also seemed like going home was really really important to him sure. and he did that at the earliest opportunity that he could i mean he wins a championship toronto does everything right and he still leaves to go home so maybe that happens anyway i don't think it changed things uh, too yeah. much and it, and, it, and the but the quiet injury is one of the rare moments that's basically i mean it wasn't the only thing but leads to a rule and that was the the changing of the landing zone 
casually called the Zaza Pachulia rule. So I wanted to mention it for that purpose. 17-18, the big one is that that Western Conference insanely memorable series with the Warriors and the Rockets. Chris Paul having to miss the end of it, miss the end of that series and the the crazy game seven. Yeah, where they missed all the all those threes. You know, I, I don't know that that's the game seven qualifies. I mean, I think people, the Warriors were favored in that game. They did come back from like, I think they were down like 14 or something in the first but half. But do you think the Chris Paul hamstring changes? Because I, I think that's a little bit different. Yeah, I mean, that's another one of those tough ones because Iguodala had gotten hurt earlier in the series. And so it's it's kind of hard to be like, well, this injury changed history, but we're not going to talk about the other injury that also might've changed history. Sure. So, but okay, here's here's I, my I, question. I, yeah. If they if they make it, if the Rockets make it in 2018, who wins the title? Oh, easily the Rockets. I I mean, it's not even close. Yeah. That that Cavs team was on fume. It was LeBron and nobody yeah, else. Yeah, because they'd already traded Kyrie. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think, I mean, the Warriors do win the series. It was pretty close. I'm not quite ready to say that the Rockets win the series if Chris Paul is there. I mean, that was it was a close game. Warriors uh, end up winning by nine in the end. Paul hadn't been playing that amazingly in the series. Maybe he allows he had Ryan that, Anderson to not play. He had that incredible <laughs> stretch. Was that in game five or game six? Uh, it was the fourth quarter of game five. Five, but he had been really struggling before that sure. in that game even yeah so i i, I don't so, think it's near yeah. the top tier one but it is important to mention 2019 has got a lot of them though first one you can look at is Kawhi leonard shot uh, along the baseline now people forget they're like oh if it weren't for those four bounces like that game would have gone into overtime toronto would have been a favorite in overtime i think it, my recollection is they led most of that game and they uh, were at uh, home. Uh, so I, I, especially the minutes joel Embiid didn't play uh well joel Embiid also had played 45 minutes i'm not sure how much he had left for overtime time at that point um yeah and and this is although also, you it's could also argue that than the ray yeah. allen shot because it didn't turn a loss into an eventual win it turned a tie in yeah so it took a 50 percent or so chance to a 100 that is fundamentally different to me it is a huge shot it changed a lot of things but it, yeah. it isn't the same I also don't think Philly beats the Bucks in the next round. They would have been underdogs. They wouldn't have had home courts. They might have had a chance, but I, I think the Bucks would have done better against them than against Toronto. Toronto also had just a really bad shooting series in that Philly series that maybe in terms of the actual quality of play wasn't as well, close. And that actually gets into one of the other fascinating ripple effects for me of the Kawhi shot is I think either of the other teams would have had a significantly lower chance of beating the Warriors than the Raptors who ended up beating. Them. Yeah, that's interesting. And then, I mean, you had all of these injuries so, i mean first there's the clay hamstring in game two and so maybe if that doesn't happen even without the kd thing the warriors are, are maybe they can at least win one of those two games at home um in games three and four admittedly neither of those games were particularly close but uh and then i i so let me ask you this would you put kd's achilles tear or clay's acl tear as uh something that changed history more KD's Achilles because Kevin Durant we don't know what he's going to be as a player but he's higher on the list by far than Clay Thompson like if that ended up being Kevin Durant's last moment as a megastar then that's significantly more important than any than than and and also I think relative to I mean KD wasn't going to be the same guy in the rest of that series even if he hadn't gotten hurt but I, I think that the we we haven't seen the arc of his career because Kevin Durant hasn't played another game since he tore his Achilles but I think I think it, that has to be number one of the two in terms of the change the NBA history it's Durant well and and also, just think about it as like even this year, the Nets are championship contenders. Probably, this yeah. Year. I, I don't if think anything changes about Kevin his decision, Durant. but it makes the Nets a very different team. Yeah, and they probably would have approached their off season differently as well, knowing that KD was going to be there this year. That, that they're really going to go for it this 
year. Guys would have taken and, minimum and, contracts to go there. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, I think that Nets team would have been a championship contender. I, I Part of why I don't think they're even going to be in there in future years is because, you know, I think KD is going to be closer to the 10th best player than the best player going forward here. So, yeah, that, I mean, that would have been, I mean, I assume he would have gone to the Nets anyway. Agreed. Um, but Clay, Clay is not that far behind because that completely changes the Warriors offseason. If he doesn't tear his ACL, they just try to rebuild and go for it again this year. And the, the whole Russell thing, the Iguodala trade doesn't happen. It, they So that's interesting. I think yeah, I, I think yeah. the Russell trade still happened. I think there was, I, I mean, I've heard conflicting things to be sure, but I think that there was this idea that you can't let Durant leave for nothing. You have to get something, even if it's like salary flotsam. Well, would, wouldn't they, couldn't they have just gotten the trade exception though? Like, yeah, wouldn't I guess that have it, been better? That's, and you well, wouldn't have been, had to pay been, that extra. Yeah, I guess Because they wouldn't have wanted to dump Iguodala, right? True. Like it wouldn't have made sense to dump Iguodala when you have a championship contender this year. Yeah, I, I, I'd have to work through it a little bit more, but that's that's reasonable. I, I mean, that, you know, I, I think when I talk to people in the organization about what the justification for that was, the number one thing that comes out of their mouth is, you know, we weren't going to win this year anyway because Clay was out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, and they now, saw themselves yeah. as a serious championship contender without KD. For sure. And, and especially if they, you know, maybe they, I don't see why they would have traded Iguodala, especially to give up that first round pick and think of maybe, you know, if they get that trade exception, then they've got all their first round picks in the future. They could throw those in to get something pretty juicy to uh, add salary around in the first the year of the Chase Center. Had. Yeah. Yeah. Although if KD is healthy and ready to play, he's probably like, no, I'm not agreeing to a sign and trade no matter what you trade to the Nets because I don't want the Warriors to be good. We're going to be playing you guys in the final. So who knows? Maybe that maybe that wouldn't have been an option. Okay, give me your top three here after all these that we've been through an hour and 35. This is an old school pot. It's good, it's good to get on here and really just like bang this out. I don't I don't know that I want to necessarily put them in order, but the ones that stand out to me, okay. uh, Chris Webber's injury in, 20, in 2003 because of all of the... I have a special, there's a special place in my heart for never champions. And the uh, Mike Prada's series, I think, did, a, did the title list uh, at SBN did a really good job of kind of going through that. And especially in the light of what happened in 2002, if San if they had won that year. And well, well, I have a question for you, sure. though. Why wouldn't Ori's three be bigger? Because I think that one, the Kings have a more direct path. They're already in the conference finals. Yeah, that's fair. Than the Weber injury. Although the Kings maybe are able to maintain... I mean, Devots was kind yeah, of yeah because I I, I think I think Sacramento well, I, to me that 03 like if Weber never gets hurt I think they could have maybe ex- it would have been different but I think they could have extended yeah it. maybe it extends longer that there's something to be said for yeah, that. yeah. so I want to go I'll go with Weber 03 yeah oh two oh, I think it's one of those two um the Ray Allen three is one that I always think of um for, for yeah I mean it's so direct the con- you just can't argue with the yeah there there is no one. clearer swinging a championship moment than that one and then I'm I'm really tempted to say the LeBron 45 special like that the 2012 had so many big ones but if if the Heat don't even make the finals that year you get a new champion you get a new champion that might have been the Oklahoma City freaking Thunder uh, yeah they would they would have been I, I agree and so then so I'm gonna go with that one it's also partially because there were so many things in 2016 that like I mean yeah. you could say like all of 2016 might be number one yeah although I mean I guess you could say like the Curry MCL probably obviates all of these other yeah so maybe i'll go yeah i think i should considering i already made the case for that uh i'll go curry as i'm not going to put him in any order just like i said before curry lebron's 45 in 2012 and ray but there are so many like there you could do there are 10 that are worthy of spots in the top three or both of Warriors shots 
or he's shot to Steve Nash. Yeah, that was it. the only reason I can't go with that one is I don't know if they would have won the series even had it not been for that. It, you know, I kind of default more to the ones that where it's okay. This changed really changed history. Number one, like in that in the immediate, and then also had a lot of consequences. Um, let's see. Are you not going Derrick Rose just because you didn't think that team was good enough? Yes. They, like you don't think that shifted championships? Yeah, I, I can understand that argument. But I mean, he, um, he changing him from being to to a whole player and those bulls teams to being a constant foil that matters a lot but like to me comparing that it's it's different than like the ori shots or some other stuff but it's it's definitely in there yeah all right i'm gonna go uh, i think ori's three in 2002 is one for me for sure um how about the kg knee injury are we giving that one short trip? I think we are. You you I mean, know more. You know you remember that 0809 Celtics team better than I do. I, I think I think I, I, I think, think they, I'm giving short trip to everything from before I covered the league regularly. I I will openly. Yeah think. yeah that's that's understandable. I I think Boston gets at least one more. The only thing is I don't know if that changes the transaction game much going forward. Well, I mean Ray, Ray I Allen Boston, shot didn't do yeah, that either. Right. It just changed the championship directly. Yeah, I guess that Ray Allen's shot didn't change the wouldn't have changed things much. We talked about. That. I think the Spurs and Heat probably both keep things pretty similar there. Um, well, oh, so we talked. We talked about. So this is another kind of the ripple effects of the LeBron forty-five special. If so, if OKC beats the Celtics, then I think they keep Harden. Yeah, because then they're they're a goddamn champion. All that, all the money stuff and the all that I think washes away if they win in twenty twelve with that young core. Huh. It's funny to pick something like that partially because of how it affects another team, but I think it's totally fair. Huh. Yeah, you make a good point there. And the Clay game six has got to be it too, though. I mean, <laughs> We I should just pick that. all of them for 2016. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah really, and, and I mean, we didn't even talk about this of just LeBron's legacy as well. If he doesn't win in 2016, that's, again, you're not, that's the one that put him in the conversation with Jordan. Some of you even pointed to the fact that Jordan greenlit the last dance shortly after that happened, supposing that perhaps he saw LeBron as a threat to the GOAT throne for the first time. Also, just because the, that game six was just such a crazily, it just seemed so improbable as, at the time. And same thing with all the stuff that happened in the in the 2016 finals. And I think we're too early to know right now, but the KD Achilles, I mean, that's like, I think that's going to be pretty massive going forward just to have a, a guy that good, maybe a guy who is going to be a top 10 player of all time, kind of just have it. I mean, I, I hope I'm wrong about this, but I think it's really, that's well, going to be it for at him. At least him having a completely lost i mean best case scenario he has a completely lost season in his like in his prime or damn close to it and and missed the rest of the mess the rest of an nba finals that his team eventually lost yeah and it probably uh, i wouldn't say probably but had a pretty darn good chance of shifting a championship too yeah. like i mean they, they won game five anyway game six was super close they would have won that game i think and then to go into a game seven i think the warriors probably would have been favored in that game seven still give toronto a very good chance of winning the series but and, and then are we going to say that thompson's acl terror happens anyway i mean probably not at that point but um yeah all right this is fun mm -hmm. this is uh I, I've, I really got jazzed up for this because i've been watching like all these star trek episodes where like time travel happens and like history is getting changed by events so i was like thinking about this <laughs> well th th um, a, a quick yeah. thing on that like i mean there were a lot of injuries here are there any of them that it's like time travel like one one of those like that you think like oh god if, if that one was different what like, do you mean i guess is i guess it's hard to pick how, how like, is that different from what we've been talking yeah. about already? Oh, no, I was just thinking if there was that. No, yeah, I, I guess that's fair. Uh, before we leave, I should mention I did 
did a, a Real Jam Radio actually came out later in the week than usual. Uh, it did a Saturday episode with Jared Dubin. We we each had lots of thoughts on the potential resumption of play stuff for the NBA. So we talked about he has lot, we we talked about the logistics of group play, knockout stages, what who's who should be in all that type of stuff. So that was uh, it was it was good to talk with him about it. And I I thought it was a really clarifying conversation for me. And then I have a bunch of stuff coming out at the Athletic. All right, we will be back later on in the week, and Hollinger and Duncan will be coming out tomorrow so keep your eye out on that till then at bet 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every goal every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period whatever the sport whatever the moment it's never ordinary at bet 365 21 plus only must be present in virginia if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply